Welcome to the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast, where we learn from real estate professionals across the industry. They will share about how they got into real estate, the big wins they have celebrated, the mistakes they have made along the way, and the advice they have for anyone following in their footsteps. Money really does grow on trees. Hey everybody, William Holland here on another episode of the Money Tree Real Estate Investor Podcast. I've got Dan Cologne here today, and I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself and tell us uh, a little bit about what you've got going on. Yeah, well, it's great to, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so I am Dan Cologne. Hey, I've been in, um, in real estate now for the last uh, couple of years, but um, my background is really pretty uh, diverse. My family is originally from Cuba and uh, they came from Cuba to the U.S. in the 1960s. And I was the first one born in my family in the U.S., and really uh, spent, you know, the rest of my time, uh, you know, growing up in the U.S. I lived in Latin America for a while too, um, so I am fluent in Spanish and, and English, and I'm pretty good at Portuguese too. So I've got, I've got awesome. that on me. But, um, but really, you know, went to went to college for engineering, um, and uh, did that for a little while. Got an MBA. Uh, was in really most of my career, 28 years now, has been in high tech. So working for a number of Fortune 50 companies. And um, and I've, over the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot of real estate investing. So that's, uh, you know, 30 second uh, snapshot of what I've been up to. That's awesome. So we're at in Latin America, where you at for a little bit. Yeah. So I, I lived in Venezuela and Colombia for a little while. And um I, when I worked, uh, I worked in Latin America for a while, and my biggest customers were all in Brazil. So I'd spent a lot of time in Brazil as well, uh, which is why I ended up learning some Portuguese for that. So, um, so yeah, it's great. I, I I really enjoy getting to see other cultures, and um, it's Latin America for me. As I visit these different places, it it just makes me appreciate so much more where I live and what and what I have here in this country. Um, you know, it's one of those things that just hits you in the face when you go to some places that, that, you know, are definitely not as, as lucky that, uh, as we are. So it's, uh, but yeah, I've always enjoyed it. Yeah, that's really awesome. I got to go to Kenya, uh, to a, a remote village several years ago for mission work. And, you know, I can say the same things It really, it humbled me in a lot of ways and it made me very much appreciate just the, the lifestyle that yeah. I have and, and the things that I have here in America. It's. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And the fact that we can do stuff like uh, investing and all that is just, uh, you know, for many people around the world, isn't even an option. So it's great. Yes, sir. That's cool. So uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what it was like growing up as a first generation American and, you know, your parents being immigrants. I'm sure that was uh, interesting and, and tough at times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for my parents, it was pretty difficult. I mean, they they fled Cuba when Fidel Castro took over. Uh, my grandparents kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, they knew things weren't going in a good direction. And they actually, I remember them them saying they only thought they'd be gone for maybe six months or a year. Um, but as it turned out, <clears throat> Fidel just kept, you know, he stayed in power for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, things ended up you know, pretty, pretty poor. And, and so, um, you know, I'm really thankful that my family made the decision to come to this country 
uh, just because I just wouldn't have, I mean, if I, if I grew up in Cuba, it would be a whole different, you know, ball game here. I wouldn't have any, um, anywhere near the experiences that I've had. And uh, even to this day, Cuba is, is, is really been struggling. So, you know, they left with very little, they came here and started, uh, my grandfather was an attorney in Cuba. And he, when he got here, he started waiting tables and started to make some money to, to kind of feed the family. And, um, and just went from there. And my dad, um, he was nine years old when he got to the U.S. So he, he did end up going to college and, um, and did fairly well in, in his insurance uh, career. He's uh, doing insurance. So, um, so that's, but, but that whole story about coming from a place that, uh, that wasn't necessarily where you're from now and trying to adjust and, and make it because there was no other option is something that has always been close to my heart because um, now today I do a lot of my volunteer work I do with immigrants and folks that um, that they get to this country and have no idea what's going on or what to do. And, and that's actually where I focus a lot of my investing as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Um, I noticed the other day that you got an award um, and definitely want to shine the spotlight on you for that. You know, I'm, I don't think that you're doing these things, you know, showing kindness and just pouring into the immigrant community to get awards. Um, but yeah. that that work does deserve recognition, you know. So uh, tell us about that. You got the Latino Leadership Award. So that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I mean, I, it, you're absolutely right. It's not something that, you know, I'm not looking for awards or anything, but there's a, uh, I live pretty close to Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, the largest uh, social services agency in Cincinnati that serves the immigrant community um, uh, gave me this award uh, for the work that I've been doing with the community since um, I started uh, living in that area some years ago. And uh, and it was just nice, you know, it was a nice, nice gesture of theirs. And uh, I had my family there and it was uh, really a great, you know, a great experience. And, and, you know, hopefully, uh, my, my hope was that I could motivate some other professionals that were in the audience to, to, to decide to, to do something, you know, whether it's serving immigrants or serving uh, the poor or serving uh, people with disabilities, whatever, you know, whatever lights you up, you know, to, to give back because it, because it really does mean a lot to a lot of people. So, yeah, you know, it, it means a lot and it's also life changing, you know, something that I want to focus on, you know, and I've, I've said it a few times, uh, maybe not on these episodes, but, you know, I, I want to change the world, yeah. you know, and, and I don't want to do that just by myself. I want to do with, that with other people. And, and I think that, you know, the way that you change the world is you change one life at a time. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that, that you're able to do that. And I think that real estate as a whole is a nice platform to to springboard into to change in the world. Yeah, that's that's so that's so spot on what you just said because it is, and it it means a lot more too when you're able to to see the person that you're helping and to and to see them grow through some kind of growth, uh, and see them in a better place. It really means you know a lot to me that 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 personal connection I have means a lot more than if I just wrote a check to some agency and said you know okay, you know I did my I did my my giving there it is. Um, to me, it's a lot more fulfilling. And the fact that you went to Kenya and, and did did that work, I mean, I'm sure that must have been amazing. So I'm sure you saw a lot of that too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was it was pretty cool. Um, I'm thankful to, to have gotten to go. 
So, um, you know, we talked about real estate. We talked about uh, you studying engineering, I believe, and yeah. at Miami, Ohio University, That's right. uh, not Miami, Florida. Um, so I guess something that I have a question about. So, you know, we both have an engineering background. I think that, you know, we're taught to be very risk averse. And so, you know, how, how did you come from that background and start investing in real estate? You know, I, I know a lot of us decide that we're going to just invest in mutual funds and, and try to really not be involved in any risk. And, and I think that we're losing out on a, a lot of upside uh, potentially. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, for, for me, the, the engineering, I mean, I don't regret at all having gone the, the, the way that I did, because I think. So in my opinion, the engineering education is a great foundation for almost anything because um, you really can, you know, you can analyze things, you can think through problems, you can solve issues in a logical way. You know, you know, so that those kinds of skills are fantastic. And I think they really translate well into real estate um, because you do have to look at situations and make the best decision on, on what you're looking at and whether or not you want to pursue it as an investment. And a lot of that has to do with numbers and, and stuff that some people are not very comfortable with. But as an engineer, you know, it's something that you you're not uh, afraid of. Um, and and you mentioned the risk averse piece. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got a lot of colleagues that, that are engineers as well that I you know I talk to about that whole thing. And for me, the way I addressed it was that I I purposely uh, one I educated myself, so I. You know, read books, listen to podcasts, tried to do as much on-demand content as I could. But the second thing that really took it over, um, that really helped, was uh, finding other people that are doing this today that are successful, um, because they can actually tell you, you know, uh, well, here's here's what I see on this, here's how this works, and and the more you get exposed to people that have been successful in the industry. The more you realize, you know, this is not as this is not risky. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, maybe it's 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 riskier just <laughs> leaving my money in the stock market. And it's not that I don't like, you know, I, I tell people all the time that investors that I talk to and all that, I'm like, look, I, I think that the, um, I don't think the stock market is bad by any means. Um, but you know, does it does your wealth need to be a hundred percent there? Like, you know, I there might be an option. There might be, you know, maybe there's some diversification that can happen to put into something that, that to me is a lot more. Um, um, it has a projection. You meet projections. You get, you know, you hit your goals. With the stock market, there's, you know, what what are you going to do, right? You just you're at the whim of the market, and if you happen to retire in the wrong year. Uh, and you want you go pull out your money, you know, it could be 20% up or 20% down or whatever, you know. So to me, the more I, I the more I got exposed to this and saw how this real estate investing, especially with multifamily, for example, that really made a lot of sense to me. Definitely, yeah. You know, and just to be honest, like I, I had money invested in the stock market this year. And, you know, I, I saw double digit losses, yeah. you know, and that resulted in thousands of dollars of value. You know, lost, and I I sold at that point, not out of fear, but but realizing like, hey, I don't want to be at the whim of the market. Like, I want to invest my money 
pretty much most of my money in real estate, you know, and I can have diversity within real estate, you know, in different markets, different teams, different asset classes. So that's kind of where I'm at in my personal journey right now. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, the uh, and I'm in the same boat. I've I've got you know 401k and all that that I've, that is is in stocks and and uh, and I've you know taken a big hit too and it looks like everybody else I guess. But um, you know, I, I just I like to share the the thought that it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it doesn't have to be. Well, you know, everybody else is going through it, so you know I will too. Um, there are other options and. Uh, just because they're not as well known doesn't mean they're riskier. Um, you know, it's that's a, a another kind of fallacy. I think is that people assume that well, if I haven't heard about it, then it must be kind of you know some black box or something you know, mystical about it. When when in reality, the more the more you learn about it, the more you see no, this makes a lot of sense. This is very financially sound. Um, so why not you know put some money in that and and diversify my risk from from what's going on with the stock market. So I, I couldn't agree more. Passive investors in real estate are able to receive a check every month. Some people call that mailbox money. We say money really does grow on trees. Visit the website at biggerpictureholdings.com where we have a ton of free resources to help you learn more about planting your very own money tree. Definitely, yeah, and we kind of dove right in. Um, I did want to touch on your your company name and, and how you kind of yeah. chose that as well. Yeah, so Avanza is a Spanish word. It means uh, to move forward, to advance. Um, avanzar is the is the verb. Uh, so uh, to me, it's it's the I picked that name because I wanted to symbolize helping people move forward in their journey. Uh, and for me, particularly, you know, the whole immigrant first generation investor is really the people that that I I really connect with the most. Because I know that, you know, my family didn't know much of anything when they got to this country, much less real estate investing or anything like that, right? So, um, so many first-generation investors or immigrant investors that have never heard of this and and really, frankly, almost, you know, and you you know, a lot of people haven't heard of it, even people who lived there their whole lives, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's, um, so I like to be able to talk about getting exposed to something new. And oh, by the way, this is, you know, my investments are, are all in workforce housing. So okay. uh, you know, C-class, you know, C-plus uh, kind of properties. And what you find in the areas that I invest in, like Texas, like uh, Florida, um, like that that there are a lot of uh, immigrants that live in these properties, you know? So right. the idea for me to be able to to not only get a return on an investment, but also be able to, you know, usually there's some sort of renovation that occurs, uh, improving the property somehow so it's a better place to live. And um, to think that you can do that while, you know, making uh, a good return and just making it a better place to live for a family that, that you know, doesn't know any better, you know, I think is, is really pretty cool. Yeah, that's that is awesome. I love that so much. Um, so, why did you skip single-family investing and and jump straight into the multifamily realm? Yeah, as as I got started in in my in my real estate investing journey, I started to to look into what would be a great asset class to get into, um, and I looked at a, at a bunch. But you know, the first thing you always hear about is single-family, right? And that's 
And, and it makes a lot of sense. Most of us know we've bought a house more, more than likely, right? So we know a little bit about, about that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can definitely do that and, and do okay. You know, it's just, uh, for me, the more I learned about it, the more uh, I learned about the, the magnitude uh, of, of um, how you can really leverage your efforts and your time in some in a property that's much larger that uh, that could potentially earn you um, you know a better return and with uh, with less work because you can hire property managers that'll manage the property uh, and do a good and are professionals at their job versus you know me who would try to you know manage my own my own rent my one rental I have or two rentals or you know and then how do you scale that you know it's just so as I thought through that. I was like, you know, that doesn't really sound to me like a very scalable solution for me. Um, and so that's how I, you know, that's how I thought of it. And that's, and, you know, some people were, would say, oh, it's kind of risky to just jump from single family to multifamily. Uh, but I can tell you, I haven't been doing this now for a little while that, that uh, it's not, it's not rocket science. You know, if you're an engineer, you can definitely figure this out. Um, but it's, it's something that, um, that is, you, you can learn, and it's it's very learnable, and and you and just and having single family experience, quote unquote, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great uh, commercial real estate investor. Uh, they're almost kind of apples and oranges in a way. Yeah, that's so true. So I think that kind of rolls right into our last few questions. So uh, I'd love to hear like a big win that you've had with investing in real estate. And then uh, a big loss as well, if you've got any of those. And, you know, we just want to try to look out for our investors and, yeah. and educate them. And, you know, like you said earlier, like there's there's podcasts, there's books, you know, you can go to meetups and conferences and, you know, you can you can do this as an active investor or you can do it as a passive investor. There's there's no excuses for for why you can't do either one. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, and, and even if, if it's somebody that's that's low on time. You know, being a passive investor and relying on an expert, you know, like you or like me can can really help, you know, get get their money into an asset class that can that can really make some good returns. But to answer your question about wins, um, probably one of the biggest wins I've had lately is uh, we just um, closed on a property in Fort Worth, Texas that we really, really liked. Uh, it's a it, you know, you know, being in Dallas, right? It's a it's a it's a very hot part of the, of the country right now. Um, no pun intended there. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, there's just, there's just a lot of activity going on in that area. And we, we found what we thought was a really great property and uh, were able to, to make that successfully happen just recently. So that's been, you know, my, kind of my latest win. But uh, if I think about a loss, uh, probably the biggest thing that I can think of that isn't necessarily a loss per se, but but it, it felt that way to me was that um, one of my first investments that I had done in, in real estate as a passive investor, because uh, that's how I started out in commercial real estate. Um, one of my first investments um, didn't cash flow for the first year. Uh, I didn't really didn't get any payments at all. And I was kind of worried. I was like, wow, what, what, what's going on here? Um, and, and as I learned more about uh, multifamily investing, uh, if you start, if you're investing into value-added opportunities, typically it's going to take a while before the cash flow starts to come. Um, but at the end of the day, you're going to see the returns. It's just that it might take you till towards the end of the 
of the whole period to start to really see them. So um, I initially kind of panicked at first. I was like, what's going on here? And, and, but as I've gotten more and more familiar with the industry and how these, these different deals work, that now makes a lot of sense to me now why, why there wouldn't be necessarily a lot of cash flow in the beginning. So, you know, I'd say to any investor out there that's, that's kind of wondering the same thing, you know, talk to your general partner or talk to the person that, and, and just ask them, you know, Hey, what, you know, what's going on. And more than likely it has something to do with a lot of the money being used for renovations and stuff like that until they can get, get the property to the, where, where it needs to be to stabilize. So. Right. Yeah. So I guess to add a little more color to that, you know, so usually you are renovating the properties, you're pouring money into them and, and, Part of what that takes to renovate an interior unit is to have that person move out. Yeah. You know, so so when they move out, obviously that's a, a payment that you're not going to receive, and you know it takes time to you know do new paint or do new doors on the cabinets or new hardware or whatever that is. And so, you know, the the big payday is going to be when you do add the value and you improve the value of the property, and and then you refinance or sale. So, you know. If you if you are losing a little bit of money, you know, on that monthly payment, that's okay because, you know, the big payments coming. Like they're they're implementing mm -hmm. the business plan, and that's what you want to see. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so I think uh, uh, passive investors just need to keep that in mind when they're looking at potential deals. If if they're looking at one that looks really attractive, but it's a value add kind of deal, just to know in the back of their mind that, you know, it might be a little while before there's some big cash flow coming, but. Uh, but, you know, it eventually does come. Yes, sir. Well, that's awesome. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. I've really appreciated having you as a guest. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, if you want to learn more about what I do or my my investments, and uh, feel free to visit my website. It's uh, avanzainvest.com, A-V-A-N-Z-A invest.com. And uh, there you'll see a, a passive investing guide that I put together for for immigrants and first-generation investors on how to get involved in, in real estate. That's awesome. Yes, sir. And, and we'll give you a shout out on LinkedIn as well. So you'll be able to follow him there if you'd like as well. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Like and subscribe below. A new episode will air every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Are you looking for more content? Visit our website, biggerpictureholdings.com. And remember, money really does grow on trees.